Thanks to Paul and everyone who's been involved in leading our worship. And can I also add my welcome to everyone, especially if you're here today and you're related to or you're a friend of James, Mark, Molly, Xander, Jacob, and John. Thank you so much for coming so far. And, and it has been so good and so encouraging. So far, we've listened to six people share and express a little of their personal stories of Christian faith. And then we have watched as each of them has been baptized in front of us all in this room and any who are watching online. And apparently a picture is worth a thousand words. And therefore, I hope what we have already kind of witnessed and seen, I hope what we've already seen has, has spoken volumes, has kind of communicated something, has made a statement. But I reckon one of the key questions that kind of flows out of and after all that we have witnessed for some people, the key question is why? Why? Why did Jacob, Molly, John, Zander, James, and Mark ask to be baptized? And why like this? And why does this matter? Plus, what exactly has been going on? Because I suppose we've got to be honest about this. To some people, maybe lots of people, what has just happened here was or may have appeared and come across a bit unusual, just a little odd, and therefore some clarification, some explanation would be good, might be helpful. Well, it's my joy and privilege and also partly my responsibility to explain the why and the what, to explain why these six people have just got baptized, what has been going on exactly in this highly visual and quite bold practice, which we have watched. Well, let me, let me strip this all right back. Let me strip it all right down. And I know I do this every single time we have a baptismal service. And therefore, to some people, this is going to sound familiar, maybe even repetitive. But for us, this is really important to explain. The reason we do this as a local church, the reason that Molly and Jacob and Xander and James and John and Mark asked to be baptized wanted to be baptized, chose to be baptized, was and is, and again, I know this may sound strange, maybe even confusing to some, but the primary reason they got baptized is Jesus. It's as simple as that. It's as revealing and it's as intriguing as that. Right at the heart of what happened up here and in there is Jesus. This was not about these six individuals. The focus wasn't on or shouldn't have been on their faith, but on Jesus Christ, who is the focal point of their faith. And what he, by the amazing grace of God, has done in their lives and is doing in their lives. Their baptisms today shouldn't only direct our attention to them, although it certainly has done that to a certain extent, but ultimately their baptisms and what happened over there should point and direct us to Jesus. Sander, Molly, James, Mark, John, and Jacob got baptized because of Jesus. He's the reason. And they did that because, as we've heard, they're followers of Jesus. And so they believe that baptism like this is an important aspect. It's a kind of visible sign that they belong to him. It's a mark, if you like, of discipleship. And so, let me be very clear that what happened moments ago did not make them disciples of Jesus. 
This was not about becoming a Christian in any shape, sense, way, or form. Their God-given faith in Jesus and in the finished work of Christ on the cross for them, that is what has rescued and saved them. But for each of them, getting baptized like this was an expression of being a Christian, of being a follower of Jesus, and I'll say more about that in a moment. And so taking this a bit further in terms of this all this morning being about Jesus, we believe that Jesus commanded this. We believe Jesus not only commanded it, but he modeled it. And we also believe that when a person gets baptized, they identify with Jesus and they witness to Jesus. So this is all about Jesus. This is all because of Jesus. And picking up those four things that baptism is a command, a model, an identification, and a witness, let me just explain each of those really briefly, tease them out a bit more. As I say, Jesus commanded us to do this. That's why we're here. One of the very last things that he said after his resurrection, 40 days after he rose from the dead, just before he ascended and returned home to be with his father, Jesus said something significant to his followers something that has come to be known as the Great Commission, and many of us in this room know it well. All authority, said Jesus, has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all things that I have commanded you. These are the famous last words of Jesus. And he instructed us, he instructed his church to go. Go to all nations, Go to all people groups, everywhere and anywhere, and I want you to do three things. Make disciples, baptize disciples, teach disciples. We've been commissioned, we've been sent to make disciples, to share the good news, the gospel of Jesus in word and in deed, and invite others to believe in Jesus and to follow him. And whenever people like John and Mark and Xander and James and Molly and Jacob do that, Whenever they believe, whenever they choose to be followers of Jesus, we are then instructed to baptize them in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so a person believes, and then they are baptized, which is why we often refer to this as believer's baptism. This is not adult baptism. This is not an age thing. This is a believer's thing. A person believes and then they are baptized. Personal belief precedes public baptism. So Jesus commanded us to make disciples and then to baptize those who believe and belong. And thirdly then, it is our responsibility to teach disciples, to communicate the teaching of Jesus to those who follow him. And not just to teach it, but to urge people like these six to obey the teaching of Jesus, to live it out, not just to hear it, but to go and do it. And as a church, we're committed to that. We're passionately committed to the teaching of Jesus and teaching about Jesus, and therefore we wanna be a church that is devoted to the teaching of Jesus and the teaching of all scripture. We do this and we have done this this morning, first of all, because Jesus commanded us to do this and therefore for these six people all they have done in a sense has been a step and a demonstration of obedience shortly after jesus shared those instructive words that are on the screen he did return home to be with his father 
And as you read on and you, you read the rest of the story of the growth of the, the early church, you quickly discovered that the first Christians took what Jesus had said, the last thing he had said to them, and they actually went and did it. It became their practice. It became their habit. It became their regular pattern. And so, for example, in Acts 2, on that day of Pentecost, as it's called, when Peter stands up in Jerusalem, gives that epic sermon, he speaks to people from different cultures and contexts about Jesus, about how he came, how he lived, how he died, how he taught, how he returned his father, we read that whenever Peter spoke those words in Jerusalem in that day, people's hearts were pierced. And they wanted to know, they'd listened to Peter's words, but it wasn't just Peter's words about Peter, it was Peter's words about Jesus. And when they listened to Peter's words about Jesus, their hearts were impacted. And they wanted to know, how should we respond this news about Jesus, the story about Jesus and who Jesus is, has impacted, it's, it's challenged, it's connected with us, it's convicted us, and, and therefore we want to know what should be our response. And Peter simply said this, just repent and be baptized. Turn, repent, turn from the life you're currently living. Turn from living for self to living for God. Turn from self-centeredness to God-centeredness. Do a kind of 180. Repent of your sins. Find forgiveness. And then what? Then be baptized. And Acts chapter 2 tells us that those who accepted Peter's message, the good news about Jesus, did exactly that. They repented. They were baptized. About 3,000 of them in that day. And as you read on, you read about the story of the growth of the Christian church, and this seems to be the pattern over and over again. People like the Ethiopian official, on his way back to Samaria, he believes and then he says to Philip, please baptize me. People like Paul who encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus is then baptized by Ananias. Lydia, seller of purple, hears the message of what Jesus believes and then is baptized. The Philippian jailer who believes in the Lord Jesus and then him along with all his household are baptized. People became disciples of Jesus and then they were baptized. Repent and be baptized. Jesus commanded us to do this. The early church practiced it. And here we are, 21st of January, 2024, and we're still doing it because people like Mark and Molly and Xander and James and John and Jacob are still choosing to believe, have still, are still choosing to repent of their sins and then believe they should be baptized. It's all about, and it's all because of Jesus. But if we go back about three years before those famous last words, we actually discover that Jesus modeled this. All four gospel writers record that momentous event. Let me just mention Matthew's account of it. Matthew tells us that one day Jesus goes to a river to be baptized, and although his cousin John was reluctant to baptize him, didn't actually want to baptize him, Jesus insisted on it, saying, John, you've got to do this. And here's why, he says. It should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. Or in a different translation, it is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Meaning, in some way, this is in accordance with, this is in step with God's will for me. And so Jesus was baptized. He humbled himself. He humbled himself to do what God asks his, for the followers of him to do. And so for these six, this has just been an act of humble obedience after Jesus. I know there was lots more going on in that moment when Jesus was baptized, but he definitely in some way provided a model for us. It's all about Jesus. 
It's all because of Jesus. So Jesus commanded it. He modeled it. And in being baptized like this, these six people have identified with Jesus in a highly symbolic way. So as each of them went in, went under, and came up out of the water, it was quite dramatic, but it represented and it points to two things, death and resurrection. To the death and resurrection of Jesus. But it powerfully, in symbolizing that, conveys what has taken place in their lives. Xander, John, Mark, Jacob, Molly, and James were immersed, which is New Testament word for baptize, which means to submerge. They were immersed in the water to graphically visualize, listen, I've died with Christ. It's not about me any longer. I've died to self. Not literally, but spiritually. My, my pre-Christian, self-centered, sin-dominated life has been and is being put to death. We have repented. We have forgiven. We have surrendered our lives to Jesus. And going under the water conveys that. But as each of them are lifted back out of the water, it's a striking picture of resurrection because just as Jesus was raised from the dead three days later, so each of them raise up out of the water to symbolize this new life, this eternal life, this cleansed, this forgiven life that they have now found and they are now living, dying, raising. Old is gone, new has come. It's a simple act. It only took a few seconds but it's highly symbolic because it identifies with the death and resurrection of Jesus. So a command, a model, an identification, and then finally, almost goes without saying, baptism is a witness, a very public witness to Jesus. They did this all in front of you. They did this before your very eyes, before all those watching online. And why did they do that? They said why they did it, because they're willing and they're unashamed to declare that they believe in Jesus and belong to him. That requires courage, and it requires humility to walk into that and get totally soaked in front of all of you lot. It's a humbling experience. It's brave, and yet they choose to do it because they want to say, hey, I belong to Jesus, and I'm following him, because sometimes actions really do speak louder than words. So four aspects of baptism, the command, the model. It identifies with the death and resurrection of Jesus. It's a public witness to Jesus. This is all about and is all because of Jesus. So just before I finish, I want to go back to those kind of final and explicit instructions that Jesus gave before he returned to be with his father. I want to read you the last sentence. I do this every single time. Some of you will know I missed it out when I read it earlier. But this is the last thing Jesus says in Matthew's gospel. And surely, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And so the one who has all authority in heaven and earth, the one who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who has died for you and defeated death for you, the one that each of you are following and who this has all been about this morning, he is with you every single moment of every single day. He was with you in your baptism and as you walk out of those doors later on, he will go with you and journey with you for the rest of your lives. He'll never leave you. And may you six be conscious of his constant presence. Your baptisms this morning have been about Jesus, and I thank you for directing our attention to him. And if you're here this morning and you've got 
questions about this, about anything that has happened or been said in this service, you sense God might be calling you to repent and be baptized, maybe the words of Jesus have pierced or impacted your heart this morning, then please do speak to any of us afterwards. There is, by the way, a class on Tuesday evening, the 20th of February, for anyone who wants to discover more about baptism. Coming along to that class doesn't commit anyone to anything. But if you'd like to attend and find out more, then do speak to me afterwards, Paul.